Welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello friends, I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I'm sharing a message with you today that I gave at a sweet friend's bridal shower. I had the privilege of watching this young woman as a teenager grow into a lovely godly woman who as I'm now recording this just got married this past weekend. I'm excited for the next season the Lord has for her, but I'm also excited for the next season the Lord has us all in right now. The message today isn't just for married women or soon-to-be married women, but I believe there will be much for all women in whatever walk of life we find ourselves in, whatever season. We're going to be talking about our identity in Christ and what it looks like to show love to one another. Um, I'm focusing on loving one another within a marriage relationship, but I think that you'll see this will pertain to all of us in our relationships, either um, inside or outside the church too. Marriage is a huge commitment, and as I prepared to share some thoughts today, there were tons of areas I thought about, and truly what it came down to is things that I wish I would have known or understood better before I got married. And don't panic at this moment, because I'm not going to share them all, just a few key ones that stood out to me. But I've been married now for almost 32 years, and I love being married, and I truly grow more in love with the man the Lord has gifted me with. But I can share it wasn't that way when we were first married. We were young, extremely selfish, and didn't have good role models or people pouring into our lives. So as I thought back to those days and now to today and seeing the difference in my relationship with my husband, and please know I'm not saying that we have it all together, but we are continual learners and sadly failures at many times. But the huge growth and change came in our relationship when we grasped hold of what was the most important relationship we needed to focus on. It was our relationship with the Lord. Truly, all of us married or unmarried, the best gift we can give to our spouses or anyone is becoming godly women who follow after and love Jesus. Let me state that again. The best gift you can give your husband is to be a woman who loves Jesus. A quote I have written in my prayer journal by my list that I pray for my Doug is from Wayne Mack, and it says, Your relationship with God is the most important relationship in your relationship with each other. So I need not to neglect this relationship. See, here's the reality. Marriage is hard, and I'm going to say something, You, especially um, my young my young married ladies or soon-to-be married ladies can't even imagine, but there's going to be days that you may not really like your husband all that much. Jesus needs to be your rock, your trusted advisor, and your companion. He must be your sufficiency, your everything. It's because of Jesus that when things get hard in our marriages, and there will be hard days, He is the one, capital O, who enables us to hold fast to the commitment we made before God and one another. So as I say this, just a few things to state that I know most of you know out there, but I believe they're important to be reminded of. Stay in the Word, the Bible, study it, meditate on it, which means to think deeply on things of the Lord. Apply His truths to your life and be in prayer. And I pray that as a couple that you can both be in the Word and prayer together and that you would find a good, solid Bible-believing church and make your involvement in it a priority in your lives. 
because it seems when we get our relationship with God in a right place, our relationships with one another seem to straighten out too. See, the key point here to know and be reminded of is my identity is not in being a wife or a mother or a daughter or an employee. I'm not something because of those titles, but I'm something because I'm in Christ. You don't need to be more to matter because as a Christian, you already matter to the only one who matters. So my starting place always has to be the gospel. Reminding myself of the gospel means allowing my thinking and emotions and responses to daily be shaped by the truth of the gospel. It is a reminder I need daily. We cannot be reminded enough. So what is the gospel? Let me remind all of us here again. The gospel is the good news that the one and only God who's holy made us in his image to know him, but we sinned and we cut ourselves off from him. And in his great love, God became a man in Jesus, lived a perfect life and died on the cross, fulfilling the law himself and taking on himself the punishment for the sins of all those who would ever turn and trust in him. Jesus rose again from the dead, showing that God accepted Christ's sacrifice and that God's wrath against us had been exhausted. He now calls us to repent of our sins and to trust in Christ alone for our forgiveness. If we repent of our sins and trust in Christ, we are born again into a new life, an eternal life with God. See, when we need a role to define who we are as Christians, we've forgotten the gospel. Being a Christian is not defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves, but it is defined in terms of what God has done for us and to us and the destiny he has appointed us to as believers. If we have been redeemed, then it is God who has saved us and made us who we are so we can make him known. Our identity is in being his alone. I love that. So I know there's much wisdom here from you, my listeners, from many years of marriages out there. So the first thing I want to do is encourage you young women, and really all of us, to always remain teachable. Seek out guidance from older women. I hope we will never be in a place where we think we have it all figured out, because we don't. I don't have all the answers, and all I'm able to share today are things with God the divine author has worked in and through my life and marriage and continues to. So today I desire to share with you some of the lessons he's taught me in my almost 32 years of marriage, and I hope we can all get a vision of what the Lord may have for each of our marriages here. I want to share a quote from Harriet Beecher Stowe that I just love because it speaks my heart to you young women out there. I long to put the experience of 50 years at once into your young lives to give you at once the key to that treasure chamber, every gem of which has cost me tears and struggles and prayer. But you must work for these inward treasures yourself. End quote. So I want to ask my married ladies here today, do you truly cherish your husband? I know you love him and appreciate him and are thankful for his love and many other things, but I'm asking you to think about if you really cherish him. And a quick reminder again, as I share today, many of these are areas that all of our earthly relationships will benefit from. So don't just keep them focused on marriage alone because many of them are about loving one another. So the definition of cherish is to feel or show great love for someone, to hold dear, to keep or cultivate with care and affection. My Dougie and I just recently went to a funeral for a man who lost his wife of 50 years. These difficult life moments remind you that life is a vapor. 
Our life here on this earth is temporary and every day is a gift from the Lord. I pray that I will be mindful of that daily. Because at this moment of my life, God has given me the gift of my earthly husband and I don't want to take a moment for granted. How often do you think you take your husband for granted? I know I do much more than I would care to admit. Sometimes the mundaneness of everyday life settles in and we don't take the time to give thanks for the special relationships the Lord has put in our lives. I want to share with you how I pray the Lord will help me to be more intentional in loving, cherishing, and respecting my husband. I want to do him good all the days of his life and not send him to the corner of a roof because of my nagging or me sounding like a dripping faucet. I mean, serious, who would want to live like that? As a Christian who loves Jesus, I want to love him as the Lord has loved me and taught me and modeled for me how to love. God's word tells us the world will know we are Christians by the love we show for one another. And my husband should be my priority relationship on this earth to show love to. Because I am a woman and a wife, and I'm speaking at a bridal shower, and really I'm speaking to you ladies here today on this podcast, but I'm just going to discuss what our role is as women, because God has quite a high calling for men in the scriptures, and that's for another speaker on another day. So some ways that I desire to cherish my husband, and really things that would have been a help to me to know as a new bride. I want to be his helpmate, not his helpless mate. I want to help him pursue his goals, and continue to be the helper to him the Lord designed me to be. I want to put his needs above my own with a heart that delights in seeking to do him well all the days of his life. And I want to elaborate on this one a bit because it's so important for us to grasp as wives. When the Lord refers to the woman in Genesis 2.18 as his helper, it's not a lesser position. As we all know, God himself calls him, God calls himself our helper. Eve was referred to as a helper to Adam before the fall. So it wasn't a plan B. I'm a helper to my husband, just as God is a helper to me. We are our husband's equal. We're on the same team. We're working together. Our society thinks about this so wrongly. When they hear this, they just think servant or doormat. But it's so much more beyond that. It's not about who's going to do the dishes or clean. The reality is those things are going to look different in every home, and couples need to figure that one out. But a helper is greater than that. In John 15, 26, the word used for the Holy Spirit in the Greek is the word helper. John 15, 26 says, But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The word for helper there in John 15, 26 is parakletos, and it's spelled P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O-S in the Greek. It has the same meaning as the Hebrew word, azar, spelled E-Z-E-R, in Genesis 2.18. In Genesis 2.18, it says, And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Helper is found 15 times in the ESV version and refers to God, the Holy Spirit, and the woman. Helper means to plead for another's cause, to intercede. And this one I love. It means to pour into. I'm not called to fix my husband or control him but I am called to pour into him. My biggest help I can be to my husband is to be Christ-like myself and point him to Christ. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's a choice love makes. Choose to think the best of him. Don't assume you know his motives or what he is thinking. Many times we hold our husbands up to such a high expectation that we don't put on our own friends, ladies. I want to remember that we may see and do things different, and that's okay. 
There was a quote I heard once. It said, different isn't wrong. It's just different. Make sure you're responding to these differences with much love and grace. This is one that we would do well to remember outside our marriages into our other relationships. So many times our conflicts that we deal with continually are just a matter of differences in values or personalities or personal preferences. Neither spouse is wrong. They just do things differently. Remind yourself of that often. Seek the Lord to give you much grace in those moments. And over time, the hope is you will come to embrace and love and cherish those differences. It's what makes you both you as a couple. We're called to love and respect our husbands, not change them. That's the Lord's job to do in his plan and purpose for his husband's life, not for my husband's life, not mine. I need to pray for my husband to become more like Christ. I'm going to remind us again of the 80-20 rule I heard years ago from Elizabeth Elliot. It was the reminder to focus on the 80% our husbands do right and not the 20% they do wrong. As I learned to look for what Doug was doing right, it was amazing how the Lord has changed my heart towards him to not see very often that 20% that I used to see of what I thought he was doing wrong. I want to make time for him to have good relationships with our children and grandchildren. I desire to be intentional in planning family time together. I want to become a good student of him and continue to learn all about him, likes and dislikes, goals and dreams, what he loves, what he's passionate about, what areas of sin he struggles with and how I can pray for him. What are his favorites and books and movies and meals and music? I want to be a wife who brings him much joy and happiness. Remember the drippy faucet I mentioned? I don't want that to be me. I want to enjoy and delight in him being and I want him to enjoy and delight in being around me. Not a fake put on a happy face, but a real from the heart because I so love this man and desire to please him in all ways. Laugh a lot in your marriage. A sense of humor is a great gift. It's a great gift to be able to laugh at yourself too. Enjoy and delight and tease and have fun with one another. Life is hard and it's amazing what the gift of laughter can do in a relationship. I want to make myself physically available to him because I do love him and desire to be with him in all ways. Jenny Ortland has a quote that I love. She says, you are the only legal God-blessed source of sexual fulfillment that your husband will ever have if he follows the Lord carefully. Give him the joy and pleasure that he can only experience with you, end quote. I want to become a better listener when he's sharing anything with me to stop and pause and look him in the eye and listen. I want to free up my calendar to make time to be with him. We love to be intentional in our alone time together. Our calendar is busy as everyone's is, but we do try to make time on the calendar to get some good alone time together, even if it's just the simplisticness of being together at home, drinking coffee and chatting together. There was a secular study done that looked into what made good marriages versus bad marriages. And the study revealed that the difference was kindness. The couples that were kind to one another in their daily interactions had stronger and happier marriages. So I encourage you to put on kindness in your marriage. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgive you. God has enabled us as Christians to put on kindness by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Kindness towards each other begins with God's kindness toward us in Christ. Kindness is an action that desires the happiness of others. As believers, 
we show kindness because God showed undeserved kindness to us through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. The kindness of God melts an unforgiving spirit, softens hearts, and transforms unkind actions. Words are powerful and our tongues are a dangerous weapon, ladies. By the grace of God, you can tame your tongue and speak words that are kind, used for building up, encouraging, gentle, and pure. Proverbs 31.26 tells us she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. I want to learn to communicate well with my husband. If we are really going to learn and know one another, we need to open up and reveal ourselves. I have two quotes from Wayne Mack on communication, and I highly recommend his book for all married couples called Strengthening Your Marriage, especially the chapter on communication, because good communication is foundational in your marriage. He says, the first quote is, deep oneness can be achieved only where good communication exists, end quote. I mean, we all desire deep oneness in our marriages. His next quote is, whenever you find marital failure, you will find a breakdown in real communication. Wherever you find marital success, you will find a good communication system, end quote. So I encourage you to work hard on communication. It's a key to a strong marriage. And one final thought on cherishing our husbands from Bob Barnes. A man is a sponge for admiration from his wife. In all of the healthy marriages I've ever seen, the wife sincerely admires her husband and she doesn't keep it a secret from him or anyone else. We have all heard that behind every great man is a great woman. A loving, admiring, and godly woman will indeed cause a man to gain greater stature than he would on his own. A wife's encouragement can make her husband a better man. Your man wants you, his wife, to be his most enthusiastic fan. He becomes stronger and more confident from your support and encouragement. Treat me as I am, and that's just where I will stay. Treat me as if I were what I could be, and that's what I'll become. End quote. I want to share a bit from a beautiful sermon our pastor Ross gave a few weekends ago during a marriage ceremony. And I want to share what I gleaned from it with you because it's so pertinent to us, not just as wives, but as women in general. It's our biggest problem we all deal with. And the biggest problem between two people in real love, it's selfishness. We all come into marriage with a capital I problem. It's an I love me problem. If we could grasp early on that we are to live in the interest of each other and not in the interest of me, it is amazing how much more joy we would have in our marriages. See, we are called to go into marriage to give, not to get. And we get a whole lot when we go into marriage that way. So I encourage all you ladies out there, not just in your marriages, but in all your relationships, to seek the happiness of the other person. The Lord is our ultimate example of this. Let me read to you Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. See, our husbands are going to mess up. They're going to sin against us. But be reminded, I can't change him. I can only change myself. Recognize the selfishness problem in yourself. Make sure you see your capital I problem Bring it before the Lord and ask his help in surrendering to his ways. It's not always easy, but it is the way to true love and peace in your relationships. So 
love your man, respect him, and pray for him. Being a model of Christ's love to him is much better than pointing your finger and preaching to him. So as I close, I want to remind us that God's purpose for marriage is not our happiness, but our holiness. Well, I'm going to share because it's our new bride here. So the wedding ladies, that's only day one, because after that day two and beyond the real work begins. So I'm ending where I began. Look to Christ. He's our most important relationship because if we're in a right relationship with Christ, if we're spending time with him in his word and in prayer, and if we are desiring to grow in godliness and seeking to honor him in all things, then even as those storms come, and they will come, your life will be based on the solid foundation of Christ. And because of that, there will be a calmness and trusting in your heart because of him. I'm reminded when I share that, that the difference between a life that can withstand storms is not just because I'm known by Christ and have heard his words, but the reminder is that in addition to those truths which are good, I also act on his teachings. Don't focus on your spouse's specs until you focused on your planks first. It's a humbling reminder of our own need for grace when we're reminded how much we've been forgiven. It helps us to be kinder and more gracious towards not just our spouses, but others. We are all a work in progress, and I'm thankful the Lord does not leave us where we are, but continues to mold us more and more into the image of His Son. And our marriage is our beautiful tool He uses to sanctify us, to expose our rough edges, and continue to refine them. Embrace that and give thanks in and through all things. Let me leave you the reminder, ladies. Jesus is enough, always. So thank you for your time today, friends. Please head over to the blog, thankfulhomemaker.com for show notes and a list of resources from this episode. If you're not a blog subscriber, I'd love you to join our little community. I send out occasional newsletters for encouragement and all subscribers get free access to my two eBooks for free. So I'd love you to do that. You can find out how to subscribe at the blog. Have a blessed week, friends. Mm-hmm.